0: sharing as well. It's a pleasure and joy to have you in our church as well, so thank you. As I was thinking about this theme of rescuer, and we will be uh, exploring this topic over the next couple of Sundays, including Christmas Eve, uh, I was reminded of Luke chapter 19 verse 10, where Jesus says, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost, which in a lot of ways seems to be kind of this ironic message, because when most people think of a rescuer I think most of us think of these iconic figures. We, we watch movies and we think of superheroes and, and we see Captain America, we have, we've had a series of messages on, on what are your superheroes and, and, and we think of these iconic figures who carry political power or financial strength, or they just happen to have the right resources at the right moment. We think of first responders and, say, and we celebrate them and say these are, these are rescuers. We, we think of the military and, and the way that some, military, some armies come in and they liberate oppressed nations. We think of a tow truck driver who rescues us from the side of the road when, our, when we have a flat tire. Yet this morning, these kids have suggested that our rescuer comes in the form of a newborn baby. In fact, this rescuer that we have reflected on this morning is almost the antithesis... Of what we would describe as a rescuer. But as we consider what makes up any rescuer, I would suggest that there are three critical components that we see in Jesus that set him apart as the ultimate rescuer his competency, his character, and his calling. You see, someone who is competent in what we are asking him to do is critical to being a rescuer. We might call a paramedic when we have an injury. We might call a plumber if our toilet backs up. We wouldn't call a drywall, or if our power goes out, we would contact an electrician. These rescuers have a very specific set of skills to perform whatever task they are called to do. Jesus, though, has to be the rescuer because there is no one who can do what he came to do. And generally, these people that rescue us are people that we actually seek out to help us because we need their help. We seek out the people that that can most effectively meet our needs because we understand that they have been trained to do whatever it is that they are being called to do. Our rescuers, regardless of the scenario, often have a very specific set of skills that they are offering. That's why we reach out to them. We seek out the people that can most effectively meet our needs in that moment. Yet we have heard throughout Scripture this morning that Jesus will be the rescuer for humanity. He won't need to be rescued. In fact, he will be the one doing it. Because the reality for all of us is that regardless of how altruistic we are, regardless of how noble we are, regardless of how pure we have lived, We all need to be rescued. And the irony of this is that our rescuer comes in the form of a helpless child. A baby entirely dependent upon the environment and people around him. Yet this baby is called a rescuer. He was called to be a rescuer. I don't know how many of you have held a a newborn baby in your arms. But if you have, You maybe have had similar thoughts to me. You've held this child and you've thought, my goodness, God, you are so good. Or you've looked at his face and, what an adorable child, looks just like it's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you've had other thoughts like I've had. Boy, I don't want to hurt this child. I remember the first time holding my firstborn child, Abigail. And I remember the feeling this tension because, because I had this, this, this tension of, and feeling this nervousness between, be, between not wanting to, to hurt this child I'm keenly aware of the rea- reality that this child was so fragile. This seven pounds of fragile personhood. Feeling this sense of joy as I held on to her, but also feeling this tension between wanting to hold her tight enough that I wouldn't drop her, but loose enough that I wouldn't crush her trying to find that, that delicate balance as I held this child. And I remember being so concerned about wanting to protect each of my kids. I still do. I don't know if that feeling ever goes away as a parent. But I've realized that as my kids get older, that the more I, the more I, try, the more I realize that I can't protect them from everything. At some point, my kids will be hurt physically, broken bones, scraped knees, chipped teeth. At some point, my kids will be hurt relationally, bullying, gossip, hurt feelings. At some point, my kids may even be hurt spiritually, discouragement, shame, disappointment with God or disappointment with the church. There's even going to be times that as a parent, no matter how good I try to parent, that I may be the cause of some of their hurts. I'm inherently aware that as much good as that I try to do in my kids' lives, that there is going to be times that I will cause hurts in their lives. Not intentionally. But I know that I'm not a perfect man and, and I don't parent perfectly either. But I wonder. I wonder how many how much of these parenting realities Mary and Joseph had to wrestle with as they awaited for this newborn child. I mean for them they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily have the same supportive network that many of us enjoyed with our families. Instead, Mary and Joseph would have to carry the burden of cultural shame and rejection from the world as she bore this child out of wedlock. She would carry the label of an adulterer while she carried this baby to term. Knowing knowing that when that she was carrying, she was bringing this baby into a, this broken, hurting, scary place. Not much different from today, actually, except very different from today. Worlds apart, yet similar to our realities. Political upheaval surrounded them. Wars were the norm. Financial struggles everywhere. Religious oppression in their face. And yet Mary and Joseph understood that they were to be the parents of this rescuer, that God had chosen them. I wonder, as they reflected on that, as they, in, their, in their quiet discussions, I wonder if they felt the sense of peace knowing that God had called them into this task. I wonder if they would have felt the assurance that, that He would walk with them in it and through it, no matter how difficult it might be. I wonder if they also felt some tension this pressure, they they understood the enormity of what God was calling them to. Where they knew their own fallibility. They knew their own limitations and thought, how could I ever do this? How could we ever do this? Boy, I hope I don't let God down. The responsibility and the perceived expectations, I wonder, would have seemed so high for them. Yet, as these parental instincts were developing for Mary and Joseph, demanding that they protect this baby, God says to Joseph in Matthew 1.21, Mary will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. Now, the interesting thing about this particular passage, about this message to Joseph in Matthew 1 is that it's very much a prophetic message saying this is what will be. But as we jump back to the passages I, just, I read for us a few minutes ago from Luke 19.10, that Jesus will come and seek and save the lost. That Jesus is saying this is a fulfillment of what was promised 30 years earlier. That as, as Jesus was developing in, inside of Mary, There was a promise that was made and Jesus has come to fulfill it. And ultimately, what we discover is that through Jesus is that each one of us are helpless to save ourselves. We can go through our lives trying to decide, trying to trying to do things to rescue ourselves, can't we? We can hide from ourselves, we can hide from our choices, and we can run for them. We can try to escape from our situations. But there is a saying, wherever I go, there I am. We can deny our actions and try to justify it for one reason or another. We can use moral relativism and say, well, it's my truth, it's my reality, I can do with it as as I choose. We can try to do more good things and just rescue ourselves with good behavior. If I just do enough good things that outweigh all the bad things, then it should be okay. But what we discover through Jesus is that none of us are able to rescue ourselves. In the end, we all need a rescuer. In the end, we all need Jesus. Small baby, we all need Jesus. Because what we discover is that Jesus wouldn't need to rescue us if we weren't all lost. And it's that word lost that strikes me, that catches my attention. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. If we understand the original word here in that language, the English kind of softens it for us, unfortunately, because what it actually means something more significant. It means destroyed or dead. Jesus came to seek and save the dead. But what Jesus is referring to here isn't just a physical death. Instead, he's talking about a spiritual death. That's because of the selfishness in our lives, because of the choices that we all make at one point or another. It results in this lostness that we have no way of avoiding or escaping. That we all make choices that destroy us. However, the Greek word that's used here to save in, in, in Matthew 121, where, Jesus, where it where says "He will save his people from their sins." That word "save" in the Greek is the word sozo. which, when we translate it, it can be as practical as saving someone from suffering like a doctor helping cure a disease or a terminal illness. But in a spiritual sense, it was to deliver people from the penalty of God's judgment. I've come to seek and save. I've come to deliver those that were destroyed come to deliver those that are dead. Now, as I said earlier, as I held my newborn baby, there's a number of things that run through my mind. But as I've held my kids, and even as we were watching the program, I thought, these kids are so adorable. They're so much fun. What a... And, I, and, and I thought, I, I hope we don't lose the message in the midst of their cuteness. Because there's a deep truth that was communicated today. But i got to say, as I said, as I was holding my children, I have to say I've never considered the possibility that the baby that I'm currently holding will ever be someone that will protect me or ever rescue me from anything. I've never seen that potential in them before. I've never considered that this baby will someday be the rescuer for me. Yet it's in God's infinite wisdom, his infinite grace and love, that he provides a rescuer for us. So can you imagine what thoughts might have passed through Joseph's mind as God revealed that this newborn, that, this, that his newborn son that will be born shortly, that that baby will, will, save his, will save people from their sins. That this baby would be his rescuer. That this baby would be our rescuer. At this point, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and I want us to reflect on this for a moment as we conclude our service. See, the question that I think we need to wrestle with is we as we consider our need for a rescuer. Is this one? I think we all need to recognize that we all need rescuing in varying degrees we all need to be rescued in varying degrees so here's the question what do you need to be rescued from what do you need to be rescued from maybe for some of us it's it's just a, it's a literal physical rescue where maybe you need to be healed from something that there's something going on in your life physically that you just you need the hand of god to heal you maybe for others it's a relational rescue where you have a relationship with someone and and you just need Jesus to move in it in a profound, profound way. Maybe for others, it's a spiritual rescue. Where over the course of, even maybe this morning, maybe there's been things going on in your lives where where you're beginning to recognize that that there's things between you and Jesus that aren't right. (laughs) That you're at a place where you don't want to be but maybe you're beginning to recognize that you need him in your life. That you need him to rescue you. So that's the first question. What do I need to be rescued from? Maybe it's just a word that comes to mind. Situation, a face, a name. Here's the second question. Am I willing to be rescued? Throughout the gospels we see examples of people who who come to Jesus and and Tear tear open roofs to be rescued from Jesus. To to break all the religious rules to be rescued from Jesus. Who do whatever they can to be rescued by Jesus. They were willing to be rescued. So the question is, am I willing to be rescued? If the answer to that second question is yes, and you can identify what that thing is that you need to be rescued from, I'm just going to invite you to say a prayer with me. I believe cha- prayer changes lives, changes situations, it changes us, changes people. There's nothing magical about these words in any way, it's just a reflection of what you're calling God to do, you're asking God to do in your life. So if, you, if, you're, will, if you're willing to be rescued, you can identify what that thing is. Would you just pray this with me? Jesus, I need your help. I know you were born to save me. You know the areas that I need you in my life. Jesus, I ask that you would move in my life according to your will. Last night, about 10 o'clock, I texted Maria and Alfredo, and I said, um, can we change the last song before the, serv- or the end of the service? Graciously, they said that, that they could and, and he, that Alfredo would be willing to. And, and so we're going to sing, Mary, Did You Know? There's a lyric in this song, though, that says, Mary, did you know that the child that you've delivered will soon deliver you? We reflect on that. Mary, did you know that your son will be the rescuer for you, for you, for you, for you, for me? The reality is he's come to rescue us.